Hello, and welcome to All Things Travel. Epcot and Walt Disney World is one of the most unique theme parks in the world, and it has just been through, well, still going through, a big overhaul. As your travel advisor, part of our job is to guide you with the best tips, tricks, and must-dos to maximize your time at Epcot. Today, we're going to talk about our must-do experiences at Epcot, from food to shows, the attractions, and of course, the festivals. So when people think of Epcot, they think of the park with the big golf ball. At least I used to, <laughs> right? So yes. what's fun about the big golf ball, Julie? What's actually inside it? There's an attraction called Spaceship Earth. Absolutely. And this is a really cool attraction that they've talked about refurbishing, but they haven't yet. And so I'm always excited to go on it one last time, even though every time right. I go, it still hasn't been refurbished. I do that too. I'm always like, we have to go on it again because it's going to go away. So the other thing that as people get into Disney lore, they worry about Epcot is it has a really interesting history. Um, we're not going to geek out too much here. This was <laughs> something that Walt really wanted to do. Epcot stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. And he had real plans for a city that people lived in. And mm -hmm. had all these futuristic things. And right. that didn't come to fruition. But a lot of his ideas played out in some of the things that are in Epcot. When the future world, obviously, the future world area with new technology. But now Epcot's divided up a little different, aren't they? Yes. And and I still can't really get my, my feet on the ground. Yeah, not them. quite yet. I need to see all of the renovations done before I can really buy into this whole idea of world nature, world celebration, world discover. And then obviously world showcase is still going to be world showcase. I know many of my clients aren't really sure where to start when it comes to planning their Epcot day. And especially if they are a first time visitor, they're kind of like, what is Epcot? What are these countries that I hear about? And if they have kids, they're kind of like, is it worth it to go there? So that's where we come in and let's dive into some of our must-dos at this park. Sure. Do you want to plan a trip to an amazing destination but don't know how to get started? As your travel advisors, we work with you to create a customized itinerary for your vacation and take the stress of planning away so you can focus on the sun and creating memories. You can reach out to me at julie at creatingmagicvacations.com. You can reach out to me at ryan at creatingmagicvacations.com. So we can't talk about Epcot without talking about something that's very unique to this park compared to other Disney parks, and that's the festivals. Epcot has really focused on the festivals the last couple of years. Almost every time you visit Epcot, there's a festival going on. Julie, what is your favorite festival during the year? So I had two that I, I couldn't decide between. And both for different reasons. Like you said, Ryan, there's literally a festival at all times of year. So you're bound to hit one. But I really love Festival of the Arts. And I also really love the Flower and Garden Festival. Both of them are awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. The Flower and Garden one is the one I've been to the most. But then really? our agency meeting always hits around the Festival of the Arts. So I always hit that one. Yes. I think for me, though, my favorite one is still Food and Wine Festival. Because really? you know me, I'm a foodie. And so it's not just the food because there's great food at all the festivals, but there's all this other stuff going on that has to do with learning about food, all the culinary stuff. Yeah, there used to be a lot of culinary demonstrations that you could 
book in advance. Yeah, and those are and coming I, back. Okay. That's what I was wondering because I know the first year or two after the pandemic, they weren't all there. And I was a little bit bummed because I, I think that's what makes it really fun. That's why I like the arts or the Flower and Garden Festival a little bit more because you still have all these food booths and all these chances to try new yeah. foods. But there's also a lot of other things going on. I, the Festival of the Arts is so cool to me because you can participate and everybody can go, you know, paint by number, yeah. paint their little squares. And and you see the big mural after the end of the week. There's I love strolling along and walk, looking at the chalk art. Uh, seeing all the art. artists having their stuff there for on display and for sale. I will say the Festival of the Arts is probably the most expensive festival that I attend because I tend to bring too much art home with me. <laughs> uh, but I do love it. I have a couple artists that I really love. And fortunately, the past couple of years, the times that they are there promoting their art is matching up with our agency conference. So in the past, I've gotten to meet them and, and kind of develop a little bit of a, of a friendship with them. And I, I just love seeing their art in my house. That's great. That's really awesome. Well, hey, let's talk about attractions. So overall attractions at Epcot, what's the heavy hitter? So we have the same one for this, do you think? I would agree with yours, but I thought of a different one. Ooh, I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the newest attraction at Epcot. Well, I guess for right now, because another attraction opens soon. But I love the Guardians coaster. I think it is the most unique ride track I have ever been it's on. It's awesome. Yes, it is awesome. For me, it's Soren. I oh, absolutely classic. love Soren. What I love about it is it's a simple ride, but it's so cool. And when we were at Disneyland, we were able to experience Soren over California again, which I absolutely love. And that's coming back for a limited time yes. at Epcot. It's just, it's a fun ride. And gosh, I don't know anybody that has gone on it and said, you know, it's not a great ride. I love Soren. I will say, I believe the minimum height is 40 inches. It's either 38 or 40 inches because my daughter could go on it for the first time last year. And she was very nervous about mm -hmm. it. I think just because it lifts up so high, but it is such a cool, unique ride. And if you ask nicely, for B1, you won't have to look <laughs> at anybody's feet. Uh, what about family attraction? I really love Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. It's and fun. It's, yes, it's newer. It, it is an all ages attraction. There's no minimum height requirement. So I've even taken like my babies on it. My family attraction at Epcot is Nemo and Friends. And the reason it's Nemo and Friends is one... I love the queue for the ride. The ride is really fun. It's kind of your standard Disney kind of retelling the story. But what wins me over with this attraction is it ends in one of the largest aquariums in the United States. Yes. And your kids walk out of that ride and they see all the fish tanks and they're just blown away. And you can spend a ton of time in that aquarium seeing all sorts of things anything from manatee to sharks to people scuba diving it's so cool yeah yeah that's definitely a tip i give to a lot of my clients with little kids is you don't miss the seas pavilion because that aquarium your kids are really going to love it epcot was the second park opened at walt disney world so there is some nostalgia associated with epcot what's a ride that's still open that holds nostalgia for you, Julie? 
this took a little thinking for me because Epcot has gone through so many transformations. A lot of what was there that I remember from being a kid is is not there anymore. So I went with Living with the Land, which is a boat ride in the Land Pavilion. And you get to learn about better techniques to use to help conserve and protect the earth. And I just think it's like just a really sweet, calming ride. I remember last time I went on that ride, I took my son on there who was he was a little over the age of one or maybe close right around turning one. And he actually fell asleep on the ride. It was perfect. <laughs> well, there you go. That's mine, too. I love living with the land. It's in the same pavilion as Soren. The quick service dining that's in that pavilion is some of my favorite non-world showcase dining, too. We will often go to Soren first thing. We'll go to living with the land first thing. And then it's time for our morning snack. So it's you yes. hit everything right there. And Living with the Land is awesome. That's my nostalgia ride. And my family has actually also done the behind the seeds tour that oh, is associated cool. with Living with the Land. And that is a really fun, interesting, and cost-effective tour when it comes to behind the scenes tours at Disney. And Ryan, what's the other really cool thing about that ride? What's above it? Oh, yeah. So you can actually see that ride. Either from the ride or from the restaurant, you can see Garden Grill, and that's a lot of fun. And Garden Grill is actually a character meal with Chip and Dale and a couple other characters, so that's a really you, fun thing. You Kids can love catch that. a glimpse sometimes of, of the characters yeah. up there, absolutely. What about shows, Ryan? What do you think about shows at Epcot? There's a lot to pick. I would say they're smaller in nature. A lot of mm -hmm. them are like small movies for the different countries yeah. or kind of pop-up shows around World Showcase. Which one came to mind for you, Julie? So this was a hard one because there are a lot, but like you said, they're smaller. So I went with Candlelight Processional, which you could only see during the Festival of the Holidays. Yeah, but it's but a heavy it's, hitter. It, it is. It is a really phenomenal show. Very, very, very moving experience, I guess I would say. You've got, you've got a choir of cast members. You have a celebrity narrator. I've never been. But boy, if I'm ever there at the time that it's there, I will. We've talked about this. I don't go at Christmas time. That's right. I mean, the yeah. music is phenomenal. Like you're sitting at the American Gardens Theater and the sides of the theater are just lined with trumpet players, among other instruments. The music just really swells in the theater. It is it is a really wonderful show. So when you've been there, who have the celebrity narrators been? Do you remember? I don't remember. We've never been when there's like some really okay. famous people there. I think the ones that we've seen is like somebody from a TV show. And it's just, you know, it's just hasn't been a show that I watch. But gotcha. I would have loved to go when maybe Cal Ripken was doing it because that's right up in my neck of the woods in Maryland. Nice. But we, nice. yeah, I know some people um, plan their trips around what narrator will be there that day. And they usually do about two days at a time. And there are some really popular ones. I know Neil Patrick Harris is a really popular one to go to. That one usually can't get into it if you don't have a dining package. Right. John Stamos does it some years. That one's a really popular one too. And that's the other cool thing. You can get a dining package for the Candlelight Processional. And we have done that in the past. And the benefit of doing that is basically you book a dining reservation and there are selected restaurants that you can choose from. You book your reservation for maybe 4 p.m. You pay a premium for your meal, but you get a ticket to get into the candlelight processional, which means you're guaranteed a seat. Yep. If you don't do a dining package, 
The show happens three times a night throughout the Christmas season. So throughout mid-November to December or through December. If you don't get a ticket from a dining package, there are people waiting in line for hours. Um, so that, you know, the dining the package is a really good way to go. So when I thought about shows, you brought up the American Pavilion. And one of the things I do want to point out with Epcot, they have concerts going on associated with the festivals, regional acts, but also national acts, 80s, 90s bands, folks like that. It's really cool. And it's included with your ticket, which I think is really, really neat. For me, when I think of the show at Epcot that really I always look for, it's Voices of Liberty. That was my runner-up, yep. Voices of Liberty is an acapella group that is in the American Pavilion in the Rotunda, and they actually invite people to come sit around the Rotunda and because of the acoustics, and it's just, I love it. It's so much fun to listen to. It's great music. They're great with the crowd, and it's just a good way to cool down and relax and enjoy yourself for a few minutes. Yes, and it happens kind of on a rolling basis throughout the day. So if you're just strolling by, chances are you'll be able to pop in and, and listen and enjoy the show. Yep, yep. So we know that Epcot is a heavy hitter when it comes to food. But before we get into food, Julie, I want to talk about where in the world is all things travel. So, Julie, as I looked back at um, the some of the past episodes, a new city for us, a new location that we haven't talked about, was Fremont, California. Have you been to Fremont, California? I haven't. When I looked at top things to do in Fremont, California, what came up as the top attraction was the Coyote Hills Regional Park. And the Coyote Hills Regional Park was dedicated in the 60s, and it's over 1,200 acres of marshland and rolling grassland-covered hills. It's located along the eastern shore of the San Francisco Bay, northwest of the cities of Fremont and Newark, California. It's popular with hiking, jogging, bicycle, bird watching, nature, and picnicking. So it's just kind of a, a larger park. It's, it's obviously beautiful California landscapes. They have lots of different um, trails and things like that. I just think this would be a great place to meet our listener from Fremont, California. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah, doesn't it? I could see having a bottle of wine and overlooking the Northern California landscape there. Reach out to us, listener from Fremont. We would love to hear from you. You can do that via Facebook or on email, either Julie or myself, because I have a nice little thank you gift that I want to send out your way. Okay, so let's talk about the really fun part of Epcot. Oh, I love I... this part. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> this... This is the food, and there are so many restaurants to choose from at Epcot. And the coolest thing about this park is every country offers at least one dining experience. Yes. So you can really kind of taste around the world. And then on top of that, the festivals are going on. So you have all this extra food to taste, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I know some people go to Epcot and just taste or drink their way around the world and that is their reason for going to Epcot. And that's not a bad so, reason to go to Epcot. No, it is so well known for their food and and I just always encourage clients to try something new when they're there and that's truly my favorite part about the festivals is being able to try something new but in a snack version. So like the it. first food I want to talk about is what is your favorite festival snack that people have to try? 
So for me, and I know you're going to talk about Hawaii, I think Hawaii oh, yeah. for me is always a heavy hitter. Almost everything that they have is awesome every year. And then also because I, like I said, the last couple of years, I've always gone to the Festival of the Arts. The deconstructed dish has turned into Ooh. one of my favorites, particularly the deconstructed BLT and the deconstructed key lime pie is just really fun and really interesting the way that they do it. Yes, because the cool thing about Festival of the Arts is they even make all their food very artsy, yes. right? Yep, so yep. Their food is so unique at that festival. Yes, I love the Hawaii Pavilion. And I believe it's during food and wine. They have the Kalua pork slider. They do. But I yes. feel like they might also have it during Flower and Garden as well, because some of the booths re reappear, but they typically change menus. Yep. And then last year during food and wine, even though I said it wasn't my favorite one, it's the one I've been to most recently. I got a chicken tikka masala dish, and that was so delicious. And and that's one of those things where I really love tikka masala, but the things that it was served with are not things that I typically have at home. So it's just fun to try new things. Yeah, the festivals really shine when it comes to food and and drinks, absolutely. So, Ryan, what about quick services? There's a lot to choose from. What's your must-do? My must-do is the Yorkshire Fish and Chips. I knew it was coming. It, so in England, <laughs> right beside the pub is, which you can get fish and chips in the pub, but right beside is a little stand where you can get wonderful fish and chips, get a beer. You can sit down by the water. In fact, Julie and I did just that last January, and it was a gosh darn perfect lunch. Oh my gosh, the best lunch. The the My only issue with the Yorkshire County Fish Shop is that is that's all they have. Yep. Is the fish true. and chips. Yep, that's true. So if I'm taking my kids there, I have to go to somewhere else, get something for them, and then go there. I love to go there. Like I will go with you guys probably again at Asian Palooza or just my husband and I will go when it's just us. But if I'm going with my family or I'm talking to my clients, I'm sending them to the Regal Eagle Smokehouse. Solid choice. Mother. Absolutely yeah. so solid it's choice. Newer, it's in the American Pavilion, so it's food worth familiar with, but it is really delicious. They have a ton of options. So table services. I mentioned before, you can probably get a sit-down meal representing any of the 11 countries mm -hmm. there. Where are you sending your clients as their must-do? I like Teppanito, and that's the hibachi, the teppanyaki place in Japan. It's just so much fun. The interaction with the chef is fun. The food is amazing. The return on the price of the dinner is really good because you're getting tons of food. You're getting fresh, you know, what seems like healthier food because they're cooking it right in front of you, <laughs> even though you're, they're using a, a ton of soy sauce and butter. But it is so good. Yeah, I, I love this place. I actually haven't gone, so I'll have to put it on my Very list. good. It's very, very good. Yeah. Oh. We always go to either Via Napoli or Chefs de France. They are both at the top of my list, mostly because a lot of restaurants in Disney for dinner will offer similar meals like a chicken dish, a steak dish, right? And I think that's where Epcot shines is where you can get something different. And even though Via Napoli is best known for their pizza, it still is kind of a nicer, calmer meal to just be like, all right, everybody, let's just split this pizza. And that pizza is so Good. It is very good. The The one problem that I've had at Via Napoli is we actually order too much. Too. And so so that is an issue. Now, this next one that you're going to talk about, I've actually never been. 
So you've never been to Chef Surprise? I have not. Oh, so this is my dad's favorite at Epcot. And he asks us to go there every time. Their food is really delicious. And it, it is French food, but y- you would still find something familiar on the menu. So I l- really love their French onion soup. They also have really good salads. They have a couple chicken or beef dishes or salmon that we really enjoy too. But my favorite thing about the restaurant is the ambiance. And I think it's just a really beautiful place to kind of end your day, enjoy your meal there. I recommend it to a lot of clients because it's very different from any restaurant around me, at least in Maryland. There's windows all over. It's just a really beautiful view while you're eating. Yeah. And obviously the France Pavilion is one of the most beautiful. That whole experience there is just heightened by everything that's around you. So Exactly. I cannot talk about food at Epcot without mentioning (laughs) my favorite drink that I absolutely love. And there's tons of good drinks at Epcot, from the margarita stand to the Cava Dale tequila in the Mexican pavilion. If you have not been there, you need to go there. But my favorite drink of all time at Epcot is what's called the Tipsy Ducks in Love. Have you had this before, Julie? I haven't. And I will say, in my defense, I have not been in a position to get an alcoholic drink at Epcot okay. for quite a few well, years. Well, we are doing it. When we are there together in January, we <laughs> are going there specifically. Okay, so this is in the China Pavilion. It's in the, the Joy of Tea kiosk that's outside along the water. And this drink is a combination of coffee, tea, bourbon, cream, and chocolate. Okay. It is like a milkshake. It's like an alcoholic drink. It's like a coffee drink. It is so, so good. I love it. I love this drink. So during one of our breaks at our conference, we're going to have to power walk over to the China Pavilion. Hoof it over. And I will tell you, one of the things I love about this drink is when I explain, everybody goes, huh? All that stuff mixed (laughs) together? And everybody that I've had try it either with me or through my recommendation has fallen in love with the Tipsy Ducks in Love. Nice. Awesome. I can't wait to try it. Well, hey, Epcot is also a really cool place for shopping. So let's talk about that. Where do you like to shop, Julie, when it comes to Epcot? I tell my clients, make sure that they hit the shops in the pavilions because what is being sold there in those countries' pavilions, you're not going to find anywhere else Absolutely. on Disney property. Yeah. A lot of it comes straight from that country. And even cooler, the cast members working there are typically from that country. So if you're in the Italy pavilion, the cast members working there are from Italy. And it's just very cool to be able to talk to them. That is my go-to shop that you have to stop in is the Italy shop. I love all the different wines that they have in there. They have really great kitchen amenities. And if you have kids... This works for all the shops in every country, but make sure you go to the Kidcot stations. Mine is Japan. They have two shops in Japan. They have a larger shop that has all sorts of interesting things from Japan. But then they also have a smaller shop that has Japanese snacks. And as you know from Japanese and Asian snacks, they're auto-adventurous. They're not mainstream American, if you will. And it's fun to go find something different and unique and try it as part of your experience at Epcot. Okay, Ryan. So when we go in January, that's what we're going to live stream. I'm going to pick out a snack for you. That sounds great. And I will do the same. (laughs) I have heard, and maybe you can confirm this or not. Can you use Disney gift cards in that shop? 
I don't know that. I don't think that you can. I've used my magic band. So, I mean, I... Wait, but that's a credit card. Yeah, but I don't know about gift cards. I have heard that in the Japan shop, you cannot use Disney gift cards. So, just remember that when you're buying things. Because a lot of people do really love that store. There's a lot of cool things, even for little kids. There's, There's Hello Kitty, there's Pokemon, all that fun stuff. So, what's a secret tip for Epcot, Julie? I want to tell my clients to enter Epcot from the International Gateway entrance which is in between the UK Pavilion and the France Pavilion over by the Skyliner, the Beach Club Resort, the Boardwalk Resort. If you want to rope drop Remy's, that's the best place to get in. So I've got several, and one of them piggybacks what you're saying with entering the World Showcase. If you want to spend time strolling through World Showcase, enter through that International Pavilion and take your time that's going to be when you get the best pictures because by lunchtime, people are coming over to eat, go to the festivals, and in the morning, they're not. So if you want to take time to really delve into the details, that's your best thing to do is let all those people run off to the rides and you have that whole area pretty much to yourself. But not all the shops will be open yet. No, 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 no. I'm talking more to just check it out and kind of- The architecture. The architecture, the detail, and- My other tip is by the time you make it around to 11 o'clock, that's when Cava del Tequila opens in the Mexican Pavilion, and you do need to rope drop that. So your your clients, they're entering at International Gateway, strolling around. And then having margaritas. I love that. Okay. I love that. So a couple more family-friendly ones, maybe. If you need a rest, <laughs> if you need to get away from the crowds, the best place to do that is to go to the quick service in Japan. It's up kind of a hill. There's kind of an area of bamboo. It's quiet. There's tons of seating, which people don't know about. It's a great place to get out of the sun and just relax for a little bit. And my last tip is I will piggyback off of what Julie said a few minutes ago. If your kids are unsure if they're going to enjoy World Showcase, that Kidcot activity is perfect because it's almost like a scavenger hunt where they get to collect things. They get to talk to cast members from around the world. It's a lot of fun. And it's a great little souvenir for them to take home as well. Like a show and tell. I think that's fun too. I like it. All right. So if you have any must-do items at Epcot that we missed, please head over to the All Things Travel Facebook page and let us know. One of the best parts about visiting Disney World is that no two vacations are ever the same and there's truly something for everyone, especially when you're visiting Epcot and every time of year there's a different festival going on. Stay tuned for our next few episodes as we make our way around the Walt Disney World Resort with our must-dos at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, and more. You want to plan a trip to an amazing destination, but you don't know how to get started. As your travel advisors, we work with you to create a customized itinerary for your vacation and take stress out of planning so that you can focus on the fun and creating memories. You can reach out to me at ryan at creatingmagicvacations.com. And you can reach me at julie at creatingmagicvacations.com. We look forward to talking to you next week on All Things Travel.